Welcome inside the Hill City Highlights podcast, a podcast about the people of Lynchburg for the people of Lynchburg. Now, here's your host, Alan York. Welcome back inside this week's edition of our Hill City Highlights podcast. My name is Alan York, and today it's my pleasure uh, to bring in a voice that most everybody will know around the Lynchburg area and a face when you see her out in the community. Uh, Mary White with uh, WLNI Radio. And Mary, thank you for taking time out of your day to join us. As we tape this around 920 on September 20th, you've already had a show. You and Brian Wiegand have already been on uh, <laughs> educating the f- local listeners about what's going on in Lynchburg. What were some topics today that you guys talked about? Gosh, Alan. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I'm very flattered to be on your podcast, and uh, and thank you. Uh, so today, you're right. I always laugh that my day starts at five in the morning, and then the show is from six to nine, and then the rest of my and then my day really starts after that. It's like the first getting the four first four hours out of the way, and now I can get going with my day. But yeah, we had a lot going on today. Uh, Lynchburg, the Lynchburg School Board, last night which would have been Tuesday night, uh, the 19th, voted to close two elementary schools, which is kind of a big deal, especially for those parents of kids who attend those elementary schools. And so we had the chairman and the vice chairman of the school board on to talk about their decision. And uh, yeah, that's what we love to do is focus on those local issues that are going to affect parents and people and families. Yeah. Joined by Mary White with WLNI Radio on our Hill City Highlights podcast this week. All right, Mary, uh, I want to dive into your story uh, of how you got <laughs> into radio. Uh, and for those fans and, and listeners, where did you grow up? And ha- has radio been always a part of your career path? I, I was born in Virginia, Norfolk. Went to Ashland, Virginia, outside of Richmond until I was about 11 or 12 years old. And then we moved to Kentucky. So I grew up in western Kentucky, a town called Owensboro. That's where I was in middle school, high school, and college. And uh, I started in college at Furman University, which is a Baptist school in Greenville, South Carolina. My brothers had gone there, and I just lo- I loved it as a little girl. But I got there quickly as a, a math and computer science major and thought, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I, I, I like math. I like computer science, but I'm not sure what kind of career I want with this. So my freshman year, the the summer between freshman and sophomore year, uh, the uh, my uh, there was a campus called Kentucky Wesleyan, which is in the city I grew up in, Owensboro. And I got an internship at the radio station there. And I, I was on the air. I loved it. The school offered a communications major. And I thought, wait a minute, I love doing this. I could do it as a career. This is what I want to do. So that's where I first fell in love with radio, was at the college campus hmm. radio station, WKWC. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, you, you're familiar with that. And so uh, yep. after that, got my first job in television and radio right out of college in the same city, Owensboro, where... We got to do radio. It it was a radio station affiliated with the television station, so I got to do a little bit of both. I was doing radio broadcasting and some anchoring of the 6 and 10 o'clock newscasts and then came to Charlottesville, Virginia and was just in uh, television. And I was at uh, um, WVIR, NBC 29 in Charlottesville, uh, where I 
was a reporter. I was the morning anchor and then I was a six and 11 o'clock anchor. So I did a lot of television, met my eventual husband there, Steve Smallshaw, and he came to Lynchburg to work for WDBJ7. I followed him, got into radio, uh, and we were ha- we were starting our family and and radio was just I, I never looked back. I just loved it. And it was it was so convenient that I could do my early morning radio shift, come home, be with my family the rest of the day. So that's it in a nutshell. Wow. And I've made some notes here as we started okay. talking here. Joined by Mary White with uh, WLNI uh, Radio, James River Media Group yeah. here in Lynchburg. And you mentioned Kentucky Wesleyan, Liberty yeah. football. Um, for those in this podcast, <laughs> I, I do radio for Liberty Athletics. We played Kentucky Wesleyan, uh, I can't remember the date, 13, 14, 15 yes. year span there. Um, so you mentioned getting into radio at Kentucky Wesleyan after yes. you transferred uh, out of Furman. Mm-hmm. What do you recall about those first um job responsibilities doing student radio at Kentucky Wesleyan? Well, my my father, for full disclosure, he was the president of the school. He was the president okay. of the college, and he started the football program there. He was so proud of starting the football program. So all those years ago when Kentucky Wesleyan played Liberty at Liberty, my dad and I were there. At the, he was long retired, but we were there at the game to watch Liberty stomp Kentucky Wesleyan. We were like the only two Kentucky Wesleyan fans in the fan, but in the in the crowd, but we were rooting for them. Um, but at the campus radio station, it was a. Um, we played, I had a jazz, I think it was, no, a classical. I did a classical radio show where I would play classical music. And I had another radio show where I was playing some jazz music. So I was learning about classical music, learning about um how to pronounce different names. How, and then I was doing newscasts as well and working on getting trying to get rid of any kind of Kentucky accent if I was talking like that you know to, to, to work on the accent yes, ma'am. and to work on the pronunciations and to work on live uh, live presentations that kind of thing that's what I was being trained on and then just managing helping the station manager uh, with assigning shifts and just running a radio station and meeting all the, you know, you still had to meet all the FCC requirements and that kind of thing. So yeah, it was a real learning experience, but I loved it from the start. I'm curious your thoughts on this, Mary. And I, for one, uh, any student that I come in contact with here at Liberty, or if I get an email from somebody that says, hey, I I think I want to get into broadcasting. I always ask, okay, TV or radio? And some of them, they know the difference, but they hadn't really thought about it. Uh, Point being made is that I think training ground in a college radio station is immeasurable. You, You can't put it into words how important that can be you don't realize it at the time but years after the fact i think we both can say get involved with your campus radio station Mm -hmm. because you can learn a lot you can make mistakes and nobody's going to care or hear it um (laughs) would you say the exact same thing i would especially if it's student run and student led radio where the students are making the bulk of the decisions and hosting the shows and hosting the programming and so with my show that I had I knew it was probably just my friends who were listening and that's okay and and because like you said you can make mistakes they're going to give you a hard time regardless 
they also think it's really cool uh, that you're doing that. It, you know, you have your, if your friends who are business majors or something and might not be, they'll think, hey, it's cool. My friend's on the radio, but they're also going to be good critics as well. They'll be honest critics and say, hey, you need to do this better. or You need to do that better. Oh, yeah. So you're learning the ropes, knowing that you're within a really friendly, a friendly audience. Joined by Mary White with the James River Media Group. Uh, you can hear uh, Mary on uh, the morning show, WLNI uh, 105.9 in Lynchburg. Uh, similar past, me and you, Mary. And that's one of the great things about this podcast is that, yeah, we know people or acquaintances, but unless we really dive into the story, you don't really know uh, who they are and kind of what they're about. I, my first job out of school was a part time uh, radio producer at WXII uh, in Winston-Salem, NBC affiliate. Shout out to Dave Gorin, who I'm good friends with here today, um, who helped me get my foot in the door. Uh, this AM radio station that was connected to the TV station. Um, and it went defunct six months after I got my job. <laughs> and so then what am I going to do? Uh, but still stayed on and did production and tape editing, et cetera, uh, before the digital age, beta cam tapes that you actually had to put in and put the edit points in, et cetera. Um, oh, I'll so go not, back even, yeah, I'll go back even go further, ahead. Alan. When we would, we, you would have a little piece of tape, you know, like, like, like this, and we would get the pens and you'd have to mark it. We'd mark yeah. it with a special, like a red pen and then a razor blade. And to, this is to make an edit. This is sure. how, I mean, gosh, to get a razor blade, to splice it, to like physically cut out the little section of tape that you want to eliminate from the conversation and then tape it back together. That's how yeah. far back. <laughs> so you mentioned graduating from Kentucky Wesleyan, uh, Mary, and you got into TV there in uh, Owensboro, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you recall about graduating and you know, cultivating the relationships to get that first job out of college? Um, I just being, you gotta, you gotta keep trying. I, I applied for a lot of different, uh, radio jobs, a lot of different TV jobs. And I had, I had some different choices to make. Graduate school was another option. Mm -hmm. And I ended up choosing, a job in broadcasting over graduate school. And the, and I always say I made the right choice for the wrong reason because I was making the choice because there was a, uh, a romantic interest involved. You know, I wanted to be closer to a, bo a boy I was seeing. Sure. And, and so I chose the brought the job in, in radio and television over graduate school, which turned out to be the right decision. But like I said, for the wrong reason, um, you always, and, I, and this is what I tell, you know, uh, when I, when I speak to students and we have interns coming through, always keep in contact with the people that you've worked with and you've worked for, because you just never know when one of them's going to come back and be a, a news director at a place where you might want to work or already be working at a place where you want to work. And that's your first contact. And so I had, when I was in college, I had established connections within the city where I attended college, Owensboro. So I had enough contacts and I was able to land my first job in that city. But then in um, in when I made the jump to uh, to Charlottesville, 
It was actually just some connections I had made through college, people who were working in Charlottesville, and they said, hey, we have a job opening here, and there was already someone there at the station who could help me get a foot in the door. Because they would get, I don't know if what it's, I think it's like this now, they might get 50 or 60 applications for one position. And so you just really need to have some kind of connections, something to get your foot in the door. It doesn't mean you're going to get the job necessarily, but just to get you noticed more than someone else. Joined by Mary White with the James River Media Group. And you speak the gospel, Mary, when it comes to Mm -hmm. networking. And a lot of people like to call it relationship building. Mm -hmm. Uh, Networking sometimes has a negative connotation to it. All right. Fast forward now. uh, You move from Charlottesville. Your your husband is working in the local media market here in the Roanoke, Lynchburg area. Um, And you focus in on on radio. Uh, Describe those stories of uh, putting your feet down and, and your roots here in Lynchburg and getting on the air uh, to start your career um, here in Lynchburg. I came to Lynchburg thinking that I would eventually, I had to non-compete in television since Charlottesville yeah. was so close. I had to stay off the air in the Lynchburg market for a year. And so I and so I landed a job at WYYD, a kind of big country music station. Mm-hmm. And I thought I would do it for a year and then get back into television Uh, And then my husband and I started our family and we just found that radio was so much more um, conducive to what we wanted and the kind of schedule that we wanted. Um, So working as the news director for a a country radio station and then got brought over to WLNI News Talk. And and keep in mind, I was um, it's a new city, new house, new job new husband. I just got married. And so it's so new. I hear I am in the, it's just these brand new, and it took a little while to adjust. I have to admit, yeah. uh, it was, it's quite an adjustment because there were so <laughs> many new things going on. I don't know if you, if, if you felt like that as well, but I eventually, it didn't take too long. I just fell in love with Lynchburg and still love it. I mean, I've been here since the mid 1990s and just love this city, but, uh, got lured over into talk news, talk radio. And so it was an, it was a, an adjustment to have to, not only and to host a talk show. So I'm not just delivering news in an objective fashion. I'm also comment and then commenting on the news and having to give an opinion. And that took that took quite a that was quite a transition to say, wait a minute, you want to know what I think about that this? I'm I'm trained not to share what I personally think about this. But now all of a sudden I was having to give an opinion. So that was a transition. But um that was all the way back in 1999, WLNI, <laughs> and that's when I first met Brian, who has now been my work partner for 20-some years. We were at WLNI until 2013. We decided to stay as a team together when WLNI was bought by a different company, and we went over to WIQO Radio, where we were for seven years. Mm-hmm. I I briefly got into public relations um, with the city of Lynchburg, but I missed radio. And this is where the relationships come back into play. I was, mm. I was uh, keeping up that relationship with my longtime colleague, Rich Roth of the sports line. And you know, Rich very well. He yeah. was also out of radio and we put our heads together. We missed it. We decided to buy WLNI mm. from, from Wheeler broadcasting. And uh, Len Wheeler is a great guy. He owned eight 
radio stations, and one of them was WLNI. It was the only Lynchburg one, and we wanted it to have that Lynchburg focus again. The others were all in Roanoke, and so we bought it from him three years ago under the umbrella of our company called James and Remedia, and that's where we are now. So And so Brian and I are back together as a team, and Rich and Dennis Carter are back together as a team yeah. on the sports line, and we have all kinds of local programming and, and um, a lot national programming and just moving right along. You mentioned um, it's all come full circle for everybody. You just mentioned at the end of that yeah. comment, talking about your career, uh, and shout out to Leonard Wheeler. Uh, he yes. does a great job uh, with uh, his group, and uh, yep. Liberty Basketball is actually yep. on a set of his stations. So uh, been, thank you for he, mentioning him. He's great. Yeah, great to work with. And we we approached him and said, hey, could could we get WLNI? He's like, yeah, and he's been very um, – supportive of us with lots of because he's a longtime owner and has done all this we're not so he's been very supportive in helping us along the way um in our basketball at one point was on l and i uh, mm-hmm. working with uh, rich a couple of years ago uh joined by mary white with uh james river media group uh, you mentioned brian Wiegand and who has been your uh sidecar partner in the radio <laughs> business for years uh, take our listeners mary through like today, we talked about you had a three-hour show. Um, when did the planning for today's show, which again, the, you know, to timestamp it, uh, is September 20th. Um, is it start in the afternoon, the day before, or give us an idea of, uh, of the planning for a particular show with you and Brian and your team of writers, et cetera? Yeah, a little bit of both. We have, Our producer is Anthony McAvoy, and folks who listen to the show know him as Biscuit. That's his nickname yeah. and has been from the beginning. So we uh, Brian gets in around 4 in the morning, and I get in at 5, and Biscuit rolls in later on 5.30. <laughs> no, but, and we go on the air at 6. And as far as the planning, we... We will, right, immediately after a show, we'll start talking about the next day's show and who we need to have on in advance, who we know we need to get on. This morning, we already had a couple of pre-planned guests, um, but given the school board decision from last night, we also knew that, and, and this, it kind of caught us off guard. We probably should have known better, but we knew, okay, we so we're on the phone with people Sometimes we're texting at 5.30, you know, 5, 5.30 in the morning to get people on if there was a big decision the night before. And most times people are, people will do it. They're like, yeah, we'll, we'll join you. But the planning um, will we'll typically start, you know, the, immediately. It, it, right after one show is finished, we start planning for the next one, trying to plan it out as much as possible, but also realizing that things are going to happen and we'll have to grab last minute guests and things in the morning. What about on-air chemistry, uh, Mary, and, and w- between you and Brian? Uh, take us back those early years. You mentioned 1999. You started working with Brian and developing that chemistry that has now, you know, two plus decades um, <laughs> of you guys working together. Um, you know, people always say, "What's what's what's your relationship like? Are you like brother and sister?" And like, <laughs> no. I was like, "No, we're like we're just we're friends yeah. who we we get along really well." Obviously, I don't think we could have worked this long together if we didn't get along with each other. And we, um, I always say we've been doing this a long time, and we just kind of know what 
when to let somebody talk, when to, it doesn't mean that we don't, we just, sometimes we disagree on things and that's fine. Yeah. And sometimes we get on each other's nerves and that's fine too. <laughs> we will get through it. I think we, uh, we really, we definitely trust each other. We, uh, we know that, you know, I have his back, he has my back at the end of the day, even if we're having some kind of a disagreement on how we should talk to someone or, or what we should do. We trust each other and we're just looking out for what's the best for our, our program and the best for our listeners. Yeah. Mary, how about a thought here on as, as we're talking here and maybe you would say we have a responsibility to the Lynchburg surrounding area community to deliver news and to be opinionated in some ways, but mm-hmm. in, in, in fair, you know, you see the, TV promos about, you know, we're going to bring you the best information because this and that, um, as a team and as a news outlet, um, do you feel responsibility when that red light comes on at six o'clock in the morning, knowing that, Hey, on our drive into work, into school, we, we have a big job to do here because it's weather, it's traffic. Sometimes it's the latest headlines. Do you feel, um, like you have a important role for those fans when they get in their car, Hey, we're going to be where they tune into on their commute, where they're going. We do. I I, I do, especially as local news sources go away. Increasingly, there are fewer and fewer places for people to get local news and and we can not only give them local news, but we can give the, give it to them in a forecast in a format that's longer than just a 15 second soundbite or, or, or is, you know, that's, it's something that's happened immediately. We're also recognizing that not everybody is tuning in because they want to, here's something that's really hard hitting or something that you have to form an opinion on that some people are just tuning in because they want a laugh. You know, I always say, man, on Monday morning, I, 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 I love my weekends. And so it's always tough to get in on Monday morning. So let's just do a lot of, if, if at all possible, let's do some fun stuff. If at all possible on Monday morning, let's try not to do the serious stuff if we, as if we can, and just do some, some funny stuff. And so, yes, it's a serious responsibility because we want to deliver really important news and information and, um, and and let people hear from the news makers. You know, we always we'll have three or four guests on every show, but we also recognize that that can be pretty heavy sometimes. So we just want people to to have have a laugh as well, just to have a little bit of fun. Wrapping things up with Mary White, yeah. James River Media Group. All right, where's where's the future of your show, Mary? The future of technology with apps and online listening. It's as people as I tell my wife. Sometimes, Alan, where's radio going? I'm like, <laughs> it's not radio anymore. It's right. audio. Yes, yes, there are radio uh, ways to consume it, but it's audio. So don't worry about radio play by play. It's not going anywhere. Right. Uh, I, so as you, yeah. you guys talk about the future with how you uh, get information out to fans, it's growing. It's it's not going anywhere. It's just could people consume it in different ways. 
That's right. People still want information. Things are still happening. Sports and everything, they're still happening. People want it. So people are still listening to the radio. The statistics show that. It's just, you know, how are they listening? And I think for us, a big part of it will be, I hate to say it, um, like cameras. We'll have to get probably, unfortunately, more more video involved. Uh, I love not not having to wear any makeup and do all that. That might change. But um, And then social, you know, having the audio component um, on, but putting as much toward the the social the digital the digital aspect as well and just to continue to provide the information provide the content because people still want all that and figure out where they're consuming it final thought here mary uh people that are tuning into this podcast for the first time they're saying to themselves i know that voice i'm not talking about me i'm talking about (laughs) mary uh mary white james river media group uh quick uh, PSA on how fans can find your shows, find uh, content for L and I, etc. Oh well, thank you, Ellen. I appreciate that. Um, d- uh, one hundred five point nine WLNI. I'm on the morning line from six to nine every morning. Do news for much of the day at the top of the hour. Our website is WLNI.com, and then our JamesRiverMedia.com website is brand new to share a little bit more about our company with uh, the umbrella of WLNI and Home Magazine and all the different things that we that James River Media does. That's Mary White with James River Media Group. Mary, so thank you for your time here today, opening up your career. And uh, maybe we might get a new fan, not of your station or what you do, but maybe (laughs) somebody wants to get into audio, radio, medium. And uh, I just appreciate your time here today. Alan, thank you so much. It's It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hill City Highlights podcast. Have an idea for future shows? Email our team at hillcitypod at gmail.com. And join us each week for another episode of the Hill City Highlights podcast.